welcome to the Games for the Throne podcast, a podcast about the HBO series Game of Thrones. I'm your host, Courtney, aka Mother of Dragons. Hey guys, welcome to the recap for episode 805, The Bells. This was the penultimate um, episode of the series, so next week is the series finale. Anybody's guess as to what's going to happen, um, because things continue to be crazy. I did want to make one comment before starting. I feel like um, I've read a lot, and I mean, this is with any show, this always happens, but everybody feels like the last season is rushed, and um, that, you know, they're just doing whatever because they don't care anymore, and... Um, I think that shows kind of always get a bad rap when that happens, when you know it's going to end, there's so many expectations and, um, it never ends up exactly, um, how it does in your mind, because of course, you know, it's everybody's vision. Uh, everybody has a different vision. Everybody's got a different way they want things to work out. And, um, I think the guys have done a really good job, especially considering the fact that they, haven't really had any source material in a long, long time. Um, and while the book, I do think the books will be, um, different for them, the show. In fact, I know they will. There's way more characters and things going on. You know, that's the point that things are going fast. Uh, you know, it's, it's do or die now. Um, and you know, all of the conjecture and thinking about things and it's just, you know, it's war now and one side's got to win, but everybody's entitled to their opinion and, you know, people are allowed to feel that way. Um, you know, I know GRRM has said this could have gone on for more seasons. I'm glad they're not dragging it out. I'm, you know, glad we weren't, haven't seen boat rides that last for episodes and everything. Um, I don't really feel like they've lost any of the character uh, backstory or anything, motivations in this. But again, everybody's allowed their opinion. So I just wanted to kind of say that because um, I feel like the last season, when you know it's the last season... You just always have so many expectations and when you don't know it's the last season and the show's canceled or something, you know, you don't feel that way. But anyway, on to the recap. So we open up and we see Varys. He's writing letters to people, uh, most likely the lords that are left in Westeros, telling them that Jon is really Aegon Targaryen and he's really the true heir to the Iron Throne since he's a male. And um, this little girl comes to see him. She's one of his little birds at Dragonstone and she says, yeah, you know, she hasn't been eating, referring to Danny. She hasn't left her room. Um, you know, things aren't going well. And she's like, her guards are, are looking at me. I'm being watched. Uh, this little girl's name is Martha. And, um, Varys just tells her the greater the risk, the greater the reward. And she's like, you know, that's what they're going to watch you. Um, and he tells her to go back to the kitchen before she's missed. So she's just some little girl that works in the uh, kitchen. Uh, John arrives, Tyrion watches as this is happening and Varys is down there just waiting for John. He tells John that he's worried about Dan, Danny, um, you know, and Danny's just like, look, she's the queen. And, um, Varys, you know, he figures out that Varys knows who he really is. And, uh, you know, he's like, look, what do you want? And Varys says, I want the right ruler on the Iron Throne. And uh, he kind of makes the joke about, you know, when a Targaryen is born, they flip the coin to see whether they're going to be mad or they're going to be okay. And he's not really sure about Danny. She looks like she's going to be mad, but he says that he knows John will be a good ruler. He's not going to be like some of the other Targaryens. Which let me just say that, yes, there have been some bad Targaryens, but there have been some very, very, very good Targaryens too. So anyway, um, I like Targaryens, obviously. So um, Varys just thinks John will rule wisely. And John says, look, I don't want it. That's not what I want to do. Danny's my queen. I'm not betraying her. So after Tyrion sees this, he goes to see Danny. She's in the chamber of the painted table. She looks horrible, just beyond horrible. Her hair hasn't been brushed. She's not really dressed. She's got bags under her eyes. She is just really grieving hard um, for Masande and for Rhaegal and um, is not in a good place. And she knows she's been betrayed. Um, she thinks that John betrayed her at first. And Tyrion tells her, no, it wasn't John but it was Varys and that he knows the truth about John. Um, 
And Danny says, oh, well, hmm, uh, who did he hear it from? He hear it from you? You probably heard it from Sansa. So, you know, why did you tell Varys without telling me? Um, why did you do that? And Tyrion says, well, it's a good thing that Sansa told me because I need to be aware of any threats against you. You know, anybody that might be able to have a claim um, as your hand. But uh, I did speak to Varys first without talking to you. And that was wrong. And I shouldn't have done that. But I'm coming to you now. And Danny says, you know, look, Sansa just manipulated you. So you would tell other people. And, you know, it's just going to spitball into what it is now. And now everybody is going to find out. And everything that I've worked really hard for is just down the tubes. So uh, Tyrion says, well, I really think Sansa's intentions were good. Um, which regardless of whether Sansa knows this or not, I don't think her intentions were good. I think she's jealous. Um you know, I think she has a right to be where she is in her head right now, but I do think some of it was jealousy. And um, Tyrion kind of tries to go to bat for Varys. He said, look, Varys just wants a good and just world. And, you know, he says, but that doesn't matter now. And she says, yeah, it, it doesn't matter now. You know, it's too late. He's betrayed me. Uh, so we see Varys, he's writing another letter when he hears guards coming. So he knows that he is about to be taken, that his time is up. And he takes the letter and burns it. And he takes uh, some rings off as well. And Grey Worm comes into his room and they take him out uh, to the rocks on the beach. And John and Danny are there uh, along with Tyrion. And Tyrion actually comes up to him and he says, it was me. I'm the one who ratted you out. I'm the one who betrayed you. And uh, Vera says, well, you know, I hope that I deserve you know what I'm getting in the end and I hope I'm wrong about what's going to happen. Um, and Tyrion, uh, or Varys just says goodbye, old friend. And Tyrion just grabs his arm, um, which is funny because I don't think, uh, and I've also read that Varys has never been touched in the series. So, um, this is really a big thing. You know, uh, Tyrion is saying, you know, I'm really sorry that I had to do this, but, um, you know, I had to, I couldn't betray my queen and you're my best friend, but you know, I, I had to tell on you. Um, so it's really quite sad. And, uh, Danny comes forward and she says that, um, she sentences him to die and Drogon's face comes out of the darkness and she says, Dracarys and, um, Varys is killed by dragon fire and John kind of gives Danny this peculiar look. I'm not really sure how he feels about what's going down here. Um, we don't get to see that unfortunately, but he's standing there. So in some form or fashion, he must not be too against it. Cut to later and we're back in the room of the painted table and Danny and Grey Worm are talking about Masande. They're just both very sad. And Danny is holding the one thing that Masande brought with her to Westeros. It was the only possession she ever had, which of course was her slave collar. And uh, so she could remember where she came from. And um, Danny gives it to Grey Worm and he burns it. He throws it in the fire. John knocks on the door. He comes in and. Um, Danny says, you know, look, I told you what would happen if you told Sansa. And the first thing she did was run off and spill the secret. And now, you know, here's what's happened. And um, she says, you know, Sansa is just as much Sansa's fault as it is mine that uh, Varys is dead now. And she says, you know, look, people in Westeros love you. I don't have love here, only fear. And uh, John says, you know, well, I love you. You will always be my queen. And she stands up. She asks if that's all she is to him is his queen. And she kisses him. They kiss for a minute. Of course, he stops it. And she says, all right, then, you know, will it, um, she says, let it be fear. Um, and I really think she was hoping maybe John would marry her to make the alliance stronger and, uh, or continue to keep his secret. She's really giving him an ultimatum here. And, I think she, you know, wants his help so that she doesn't have to uh, rule with fire and blood and fear. Danny realizes that she's not going to have any love there in Westeros, so she's just going to go with fear. Um, that's, she's made that, she's resigned to that decision and she's going to stick to it. And I think she just feels very lonely 
And I think that, you know, she's really reaching out to John here and he just can't get over this whole you're my aunt thing. And uh, she's really looking for somebody, somebody to love her, to be her friend, to not betray her. Um, and it just feels like there's betrayal on all sides. So all the advisors get together with Danny and they talk about how they are going to approach King's Landing. And of course, Tyrion really does not want King's Landing to be sacked. He doesn't want Danny to burn people, um, innocent people. And so he um, pleads with her. He says, look, these people are like the slaves of Marine. You know, they are innocent. And Danny at this point, she's just kind of, there's no turning back for her. Um, and she, you know, says, look, Cersei thinks that mercy is our weakness, but it's actually our strength because we're going to, you know, whatever we may do now, whatever I may do now is going to be mercy for future generations so that they are not ruled by these tyrants. And I've got to do what I've got to do. And Tyrion says, look, the people will open the gates if they know the war is lost. And uh, if they ring the bells, then please do not attack King's Landing. Uh, she says, okay. She says, Grey Worm, ready the unsullied, but do not attack anybody. Don't kill anybody um, until I give the signal. And then she tells Tyrion, hey, by the way, guess who was found trying to get past our men to go back to King's Landing? Your good old brother, Jamie, that said he was going to stay in Winterfell and not take part in this war. And then he was done with your sister. Yes. Yeah, so once again, you've talked me into showing mercy and telling me that, you know, you trust these people and that if you just talk to them, things will work out. And yet again, I've, you know, found out that you are making bad decisions. You are not advising me correctly. So she says, you know, the next time you fail me will be the last time you fail me. And um, people are still crowding into King's Landing. We see there uh, Danny's army has arrived on the shores and Danny wants to go ahead and attack. But uh, they're still waiting for a few people. And uh, so they can't attack until daybreak. They have to wait until then. And then... Tyrion sees Sir Davos and he asks him to help him smuggle something. The Hound and Arya show up and they get stopped by uh, probably, I think it's a northern soldier, um, but on Danny's side. And so he's asking them what they're up to, you know, who you, who they are. And Arya just plainly says, I'm Arya Stark. I'm here to kill Queen Cersei. And, um, you know, the guy's like, well, I need to talk to my supervisor and, uh, see if, you know, you can come through. Cause I've been told not to let anybody come through. And the hound's just like, look, if she kills Queen Cersei, it could stop the war. You know, anything that we can do to, to stop the bloodshed, why, you know, don't we do that? And the guard's just like, yeah, I gotta go talk to my superior. And so they're just like, okay, yeah, go for it. And they just keep on riding through. Tyrion then goes to see uh, Jamie, and of course he's well guarded. So he tells the guards to leave and uh, they're unsullied. So they say, look, we were told to guard this prisoner and we're going to stay here. And Tyrion asks, well, who told them? Did the queen tell you give these instructions specifically? And they are like, no, no. And he says, well, I'm the hand. So whoever gave you these instructions, I clearly outrank them. So yeah, bye. And they concede and they walk off. Uh, so Tyrion gets inside and he tells Jamie that Cersei's going to die um, unless he can, unless Jamie convinces her to change her strategy and to surrender. And uh, Tyrion says, you know, her child is the reason to live. And Jaime says, no, the child is going to be the reason that she will never give up the throne because she knows that Daenerys is going to kill her. Um, so she's never going to give up now. And then they kind of go back and forth about, you know, um, Tyrion says there's no way Cersei can win. And Jamie's like, well, I don't know. You know, she just took out one of Danny's dragons and she took out her fleet. So, you know, there is a possibility. And Tyrion just says, Jamie, you know, think about this. Um, you know, you're just, she's going to die. You're going to die with her. And uh, Tyrion says, look, you know, go to her, take her away, run away to Pentos, start a new life. 
and um, Tyrion says the city will fall you'll never see her again and he says you know just please swear to me that you will do that but before you leave you will make sure somebody rings the bells so that Danny doesn't burn the city down so Jamie promises that he'll get Cersei away from King's Landing and that he'll uh, get the bells, somebody ring the bells so that Danny won't sack the city. Um, but he says, you know, look, Danny's going to execute you when she finds out you've let me go. And Tyrion says, well, tens of thousands of innocent lives are on the line and one not so particularly innocent dwarf. So it seems like a fair trade. And um, they have a heartfelt moment. You know, he tells Jamie that, he is the reason that he survived his childhood because Jamie was all that he had and he never treated him like a monster and they hug and cry. Uh, and then morning comes, everybody's preparing for battle. The iron fleets out in the bay, they're loading all the scorpions. So the Hound and Arya are in King's Landing. They uh, get through the crowd, getting in the main gate to the city and Jamie gets in right before the gates closed as well. And the Golden Company is set up outside, led by uh, Captain Strickland. And I really don't understand the Golden Company fighting for Cersei um, because they were really founded by a bastard Targaryen um, who rebelled against a legitimate Targaryen. So um, I don't know. I still think Targaryens wouldn't fight against Targaryens against Lannisters or with Lannisters but whatever uh so John and Tyrion all of them are getting ready and Tyrion says look if the bells ring then call off your men because that means that they've surrendered um so he makes sure John knows that Cersei's watching everything from the safety of the Red Keep she just seems pleased with herself um, then we see the Hound and Arya again. They just barely make it inside the gates of the Red Keep before they're closed. And all of these people are trying to crowd in, but the gates are closed to the keep. And um, this um, mother and little girl uh, who the Hound just pushed aside don't make it in. And Jamie gets locked out. Nobody else is left inside. So he's trying to, he raises his golden hand because he's trying to see um, if the guards will recognize him. But there's just too many people and they can't see him. So he goes back through the crowd and he tries to find another way through. And Euron's out on his ship. He's looking around. He can hear something up in the sky. Um, you know, it's obviously a dragon but it's right in the sunlight and it's above the clouds where he can't see anything. Um, and then he gets ready. He's got the scorpion ready. So the ballista can be shot and uh, Danny comes out of the sky just straight for him and just kind of catches him a little bit unaware. Um, and she burns the scorpion down. She burns the ship down. He jumps off the ship. So she's taking care of the fleet and the scorpion that was on Euron's boat. Uh, so that's one down and the men on the walls are trying to uh, get the scorpions ready to shoot. Uh, she just starts burning one after the other and um, she's coming kind of in the back way to the city. So then we got way back on the other side and John and um, Tyrion and Captain Stirl, uh, Captain Strickland of the Golden Company can kind of hear something behind them. And uh, Captain Strickland looks kind of worried. And then it's fire from Drogon and Drogon basically breaks through that gate. So Danny's men and John's men can now come in. The Golden Company has mostly been wiped out. And uh, Captain Strickland's still left there. He tries to run away, but he's ridden down by Dothraki and then Grey Worm kills him. So they go into the city. They're killing soldiers. Danny gets another scorpion and uh, she's inside the walls. So basically the scorpions are all pointed um, outside of the walls. Well, she's now crashed into the city. She's inside, so they can't turn them to hit her. Cersei sees all this is going on. And uh, basically, like, you know, it's funny because the Golden Company went down faster than the, the Dothraki against the White Walker army. Um, Kyburn comes up to her. He tells Cersei, look, all of the scorpions have been destroyed. 
And uh, she's like, well, you know, we're fine. Euron's out in the bay. He'll take care of it. And he's like, yeah, no, more bad news. Um, the Iron Fleet's gone. And the scorpion on Euron's ship is gone too. So we have no way to fight this dragon. And Cersei's like, "Lo, we're fine. The Lannisters will fight. And uh, she's not ready to surrender. So he says, okay. Um, John and Grey Worm and Davos get to the Lannister army and they're just standing there. Everybody's kind of waiting to see what's going to happen. Um, Tyrion walks through the burned down gate. He's waiting for the bells to ring because at this point it just, you know, the battle is lost. The city is basically fallen and um, there's really no need to fight because the Lannisters are not going to win. The Golden Company's gone. Um, all that's left is the Lannister army and there is a dragon riding around and there's no way to take him down anymore. So the Lannister army looks at John, and one of them um, throws his sword down and a couple of the others throw their sword down too. So we think, okay, I mean, I really knew that everything, this was not going to be the end, but you know, it seems like for a minute, the people that are there are like, okay, well, that was pretty easy. We got in here and now, you know, they're surrendering, so everything's going to be okay. Danny lands with Drogon um, in the city and everybody is just on edge waiting to hear the bells ring because again, they just think that this is the end and that Cersei's going to have to surrender. Um, and Danny just sits there on Drogon. She's thinking for a minute as she waits for the bells to ring and uh, the bells finally ring. Tyrion is like, oh, okay, yay. You know, we're I'm not going to kill everybody. This is going to go better than I planned. But we see Danny's face and then she's just upset. Um, she's just thinking about all the things that have been done to her. And she sees the Red Keep. And she just, she just decides that she's going to take vengeance out on everybody. And she's going to burn them all. So people are running and she just starts flying all over burning people left and right just innocent people um and then john is like you know what the heck is going on you know um and he's still standing there they're not fighting yet because you know the bells have rang um but as the lannisters are turned around because they're looking for where the dragon's coming from Grey Worm takes the opportunity and he throws a spear and kills one of the Lannister soldiers. Jon's men see that Danny is still fighting. She's burning everybody. You know, she's just burning people on top of Drogon and uh, Grey Worm just killed this Lannister. So, you know, it's just an all out, whatever, what you want to do free for all. So Danny just continues to lay waste to the city and Jon's men start fighting. Um, Tyrion just can't believe what he's seeing. And, uh, John tries to get his people to stop, but it's just gone too far now and he has no control over them. Um, so Sir Davos and John start trying to get people to safety and John just sees all this carnage around him and um, he sees one of his own soldiers taking this woman off and trying to rape her. So he ends up having to kill one of his, old sol his own soldiers. And Danny flies toward uh, the Red Keep again. She just starts burning it. Uh, Jamie gets to the beach. He's got gotten to the entrance that he wants to take Cersei out of. And of course, who comes up? Euron has floated ashore and he's there. So he wants to fight Jamie. And uh, Jamie's like, look, I don't have time to fight you. I need to get Cersei to safety. And Euron's like, you know, hear, do you hear all this? The battle, we've already lost. They're, you know, we're not going to win this. And he's like, but you know, I'll give you one last chance to kill another king. And Jamie's confused. He's like, yeah, but you're not a king. And Euron's like, yeah, actually I am. And, you know, I had sex with your sister and we're having a baby and whatnot. And yeah, so, you know. I, I got in there. So I heard that this was affectionately referred to as the Dane Bowl, since they're both, uh, both actors were from Denmark. They're fighting, Euron stabs Jamie, and uh, seems like Jamie might lose the fight. Danny's flying towards the Red Keep. She starts burning it. Things are just falling down all over the place. Kyburn comes to Cersei again, and he says, um, the Unsullied have reached the gates of the Red Keep. We really need to go to Maker's Holdfast. 
to just wait this out. And Cersei begins to cry, which I'm just like, yeah, whatever, crocodile tears. Um, wildfires erupting all over the city as well, probably from the caches that have been there since uh, the Mad King eras. And because the dragon fire is reaching them, we just see these green eruptions everywhere. So that's going on as well. We go back to the fight with Euron and Jamie, and Euron's pretty busted up too. Um, Jamie goes for his sword. Euron stabs him again, but Jamie also stabs Euron. And then he just leaves Euron to die. And Euron, the psychopath that he is, is just like, oh, yeah, I'll let you kill another king. And uh, he's happy to know that he got Jamie. And he's like, yes, now I'll be known as the man who killed Jamie Lannister. But my question is this, who is going to know that he killed Jamie Lannister because nobody was there to see it and Jamie's probably about to die and Euron's dying. So I'm not really sure how, I don't know, I guess somehow he thinks in the afterlife that he'll be happy about that. <laughs> but anyway, um, we go back to the Hound and Arya. They've reached the map room and um you know again everything's just shot to hell at this point so the hound tells Arya. he looks at her he says you know go home you know Cersei's gonna be dead soon there's no way she's gonna survive this and you're gonna be dead too if you don't get out of here and Arya is just she is bent on giving getting the vengeance that she wants and she tries to continue on and the hound says look you know look at me I all my life, all I've cared about is revenge. And, you know, look what kind of person I am. Look where it's gotten me. And um, he tells her, you know, you shouldn't be like me. And uh, if you come along with me, if you keep going, you're going to die here. And you still have a lot of life to live. And so she realizes that that's what she needs to do. She needs to let go of um, what she wants and she needs to save herself. And uh, as he walks away, she actually calls him Sandor and she says, thank you. We see Cersei again. The red keeps falling down all around her. The mountain is with her um, and some of her other queens guard and he shields her and uh, Kyburn. Well, the hound finds them and uh, he cuts down the last three of her king's guard other than the mountain pretty quickly. And guess what? It's about time for Clegane Bowl. So the hound just tells the mountain hi. He's like, yeah, I'm ready to fight you. Um, and the mountain starts to walk down towards the hound because they're going down this staircase. And um, Cersei's like, no, Sir Gregor, you need to stay here by my side. And he basically ignores her. So then Kyburn interjects and he says, you need to, you know, protect your queen. And the hound, I mean, the mountain backhands him and Kyburn is now dead. So Cersei's like, oh, okay, I'll be good by myself. I'll just leave you guys here to, you know, do what you need to do. And so she slinks uh, through by them uh, to go hide wherever she's going to. Uh, so the hound and the mountain start to fight and uh, Sandor gets uh, Gregor's mask off um, and just sees like what his brother is and that he's just not human at all. And uh, the fight begins. So then Cersei's walking through the rubble. She's made it to the map room and Jamie has made it there as well. He's bleeding out. Um, she sees him. She is just surprised that he is there. She can't believe that he came back from her. And of course, he's like, you know, oh, yes, of course, they came back for you. Uh, she notices he's hurt. He's like, yeah, don't worry about it. So we go back to Clegane Bowl and uh, the hound finally gets like the upper hand on him and he stabs the mountain uh, through the chest and the stomach and it just doesn't even seem to phase him. Um, so he knocks uh, Sandor down and he pulls the sword out of his stomach and then he tears off his armor and he just picks Sandor up and he throws him around and around again and the mountain is just making meatloaf out of him. Um, Gregor is choking the hound and um, the hound gets out a dagger. He stabs him in the eye. He stabs him some other places repeatedly and in the shoulder. And he's just like, you know, why won't you die? And then finally he just laughs. Sir Gregor goes to his signature move and he puts his thumbs in um, Sir, um, not Sir, 
but in the hound's eyes and he's poking them in, he's pushing them in, um, effectively blinding the hound and, um, Sir Gregor stops to pull the dagger out of his eye and, um, Sandor, uh, the hound gets up and he screams and he just full on runs into the mountain, leaps onto him and they go through what's left of the wall. They fall out of the red keep together and into the fire. So, um, the Clegane brothers are gone. There's no way, there's no way anybody could come back from that. Arya's trying to get out of the city. She's getting trampled by all of these people, um, who are also just trying to escape with this wildfire erupting and, uh, everything's falling down and, um, Arya starts to get trampled and someone grabs her hand to help her up. And it is the mother and the daughter who, uh, they pushed past to get into the gates, um, of the Red Keep. So, um, she's in the rubble and, uh, as she's running, this tower falls and, uh, she almost gets hit by it. She makes it into this tunnel. She sees people hiding there and she finds this woman who had just grabbed her hand a few minutes ago. And she tells everybody that they need to keep moving because if they stay there, they'll die. And the people are just scared. They're like, yeah, but everybody out there is dead. We're in here and we're alive. And so finally she gets the people to start moving. She gets the mother and daughter and, um, they're running, but they get separated by some Dothraki and the woman gets hurt. Uh, she tries to help the woman again, pick her up and run, but Drogon and Danny come and, uh, Danny, you know, has Drogon burn everything and Arya makes it around a corner. She's surrounded by fire. She goes back out. She sees this mother and daughter just burned to death in this embrace. And John and Sir Davos are looking around um, at all of this going on. John finally puts away his sword and he tells his men and the other people to fall back. And he's just trying to help get people out of the city. Jamie and Cersei make it to the basement of the Red Keep. Uh, but the way is blocked from all of the rubble um, and everything falling down. So Jamie starts to look for another way out and Cersei finally, you know, figures out that she screwed herself and uh, she's decided she wants to live. She wants their baby to live and she just keeps repeating that. She's crying and she begs Jamie to help her, you know, not to let her die. She doesn't want to die. They can't die like this. And he grabs her and he says, look, you know, just look at me, look me in the eyes. And uh, he tells her nothing else matters, which happened in a previous season as well. And he says, only us, we're the only thing that matters. And they hug each other as the rebel falls on them. Uh, and I don't know about you guys, but next week they better find Cersei in the rubble and she better be alive because... <laughs> Um, I want a pound of flesh. This was not like Jamie. Okay. He can die like this, whatever. I'm kind of over that. But Cersei, we all want to see her pay. Everybody has been waiting for that. So there's gotta be something more to this. She can't just die with her lover in the rubble. It's not fair. Anyway, we see Arya again. She's still alive. She wakes up. Um, she's, uh, was just pushed, you know, she just fell and uh, was knocked out. She walks through all this destruction and there's just like nobody else. There's just burned bodies clinging to each other and there's nothing but carnage. Uh, but she sees this one lone white horse that's, that's there, that's made it through, um, who's covered in blood. It doesn't look like his own, but he's just standing there. And so she walks up to him. She calms him down and she gets, um, up on the horse and she rides out of the city. And that's the end of this episode. So I want to give a few shout outs. Uh, number one, definitely for Miguel Sapochnik, which directed this episode. He always directs the big battle episodes and he always does a fantastic job. He did a fantastic job with this one. Um, I think this was better even than Battle of the Bastards and The Long Night. Um, just the, the camera work and everything was beautiful. Um, and it really unfolded. You could, you could see and feel, you felt like you were there. Uh, number two, the set designer, <laughs> um, and the crew who did, the, who worked on the set, 
um, also did a fabulous job because normally they shoot King's Landing scenes in Croatia, um, but the city, uh, the Croatia is not going to let them <laughs> burn down the city. So they went back to Belfast and built um, a set on a back lot. Um, and it was, they actually built it the way it was going to look destroyed. And then they covered it up um, with, um, they covered it up to make it look like the real city. And then underneath was what would be destroyed. And then they added in after that. Um, some more things so um, and they didn't just do like a little bit they did whole alleyways they had all kinds of um, designs on things I mean it was just very very authentic and they just did a great job and uh, in the scenes where there were rubble you know they just really um, made it look like it came from you know the building that is uh, the red keep because you know we don't really have the red keep that's all just uh, green screen decoration um on the outside at least you know we've seen the inside but they just did a wonderful job it was just I mean that's some commitment right there it took them a long time to do um and they just basically rebuilt that rebuilt that whole thing um and they even had people coming trying to spy and uh news reporters and stuff so they had to build a wall of like shipping crates um, to keep the drones and the reporters out. And so finally they all left <laughs> and uh, left them in peace so they could go, th uh, so they could film. Um, this episode also had the most people ever burned on screen. It was uh, 22 people, I think to be exact, who were fully on fire and they were on fire many, many times. <laughs> they were covered by many, many layers of wet things and then their costumes, um, and then even like masks and things like that, that would protect them from being burned. So um, a lot of hard work went into all of these episodes, but just especially into this episode, it seemed like a lot of work. So I uh, wanted to give a shout out to them. Um, some theories that uh, came about lately that did not happen this week. We did not get any young dragons, um, at least yet. I guess they could still come. There was a theory that uh, Drogon back in season five, when he was flying all around Essos, um, possibly he is a girl and not a boy and that he had, uh, he, she had laid dragon eggs and those eggs had hatched. And so there were these adolescent dra dragons in Essos that we had no idea were there. Um, and so they thought that's what, um, Euron might be seeing up above the clouds. Well, it was really just Drogon. Um, and he was just up there and Euron was kind of blinded by the sun. And so while they knew the dragon was coming, they couldn't really tell exactly when. So that's where they got the element of surprise from on that. Um, we also did not get a raised from the dead Rhaegal. People were saying, oh, well, Brandon Stark can raise him from the dead because he's a three-eyed raven. Well, we don't know that the three-eyed raven can raise people from the dead. That hasn't been established, but people were hoping for that. Um, I was kind of glad they didn't do that. Um, you know, I, I just, Viserion, that was, you know, creepy enough. I just would want a whole intact dragon that wasn't some kind of zombie dragon. And it's kind of, would be kind of weird if they had just resurrected him, considering they just tried to kill all of these resurrected things because they didn't think that that was good to, uh, you know, resurrect people to fight. So <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so no young dragons yet, no dead Rhaegal coming alive, and um, I will say that I'm very disappointed in Danny. I understand uh, she is a tragic character. Um, her story has been very tragic, and um, I understand the emotion behind it. I don't understand her killing the innocent people. Um, I'm kind of with John in that. I think he was just totally disturbed by that. And uh, I really thought that maybe she was going to jump down and be like, hey, people of King's Landing, you know, I'm here and I'm sorry I had to do the, you know, I'm sorry I had to kind of scare y'all. And um, of course, in a much more queenly way, say this, but, you know, I'm sorry I had to scare you guys. Um, I'm sorry that you felt threatened, but 
uh, you know, Cersei is horrible. She is, does not have the right to the throne. And so I've tried to ask her to come out peacefully and she will not. And this is what I've had to do. And, you know, I want to be a good ruler. I want to feed you. I want you people to feel safe. But uh, the bells rang and it looked for a minute like she might be okay and she might stop. Uh, but she, everything just came flooding back to her when she looked at the Red Keep and she thought of everything that had happened, um, of losing Rhaegal, of losing Sande, um, and just kind of, I mean, it is, does kind of feel like, she doesn't feel like she belongs there. And she, yeah, she didn't grow up in Westeros, but that was not her fault. She is Westerosi. She is a Targaryen. She does have a right Whatever we can fight out there of whether John has the right claim or she has the right claim. That's all about, you know, the patriarchy versus not patriarchy, whatever. Um, that's a whole different thing. But she has every right um, in every other way to that throne. And um, she had a shitty life because she was on the run. She was, you know, almost assassinated, like who knows how many times. She had a brother that was bitter and angry because of what had happened to his family and uh, who, you know, really wasn't raised right by the Mad King either. He had have been around the Mad King too much and it was just too late for him. Um, I don't know how Rhaegar didn't turn out to be like the Mad King. He just wasn't. Um, and if things had gone as planned in the first place, Rhaegar would have been um, king. Uh, they were just trying to wait for his father to die and they didn't want to kill him, but they were kind of getting to the point where they thought they might have to in order to uh, place Rhaegal, uh, sorry, Rhaegal, Rhaegar on the throne. But then, you know, the Rhaegar-Lyanna thing happened. Robert Baratheon used that. He was so scorned by that that he used it as a means to take over the throne from the Targaryens because he just hated all Targaryens because a Stark didn't love him. But um, I do really feel for Danny. She's one of my absolute favorite characters I just I do love her um and I'm disappointed that she turned to violence when she could have just as easily curbed it when the battle was over um but I'm sure that the uh in the grand scheme of the story the writers um and the producers um have written it this way for a reason so um, you know, she's always been the conqueror. We never knew if she was going to be the leader or not. Um, John can be a good leader. He doesn't want to be. Um, I would prefer that a woman get on the Iron Throne because, um, you know, just as someone who's read the books and read the histories and read Fire and Blood, you know, it's always about, oh, it's got to be a male. It's got to be a male. It's got to be a male. The Dance of the Dragons was because um, the older king had wanted his daughter to be the um, the queen um, in the line of succession, but his wife had died and he married a new wife and had new children and had sons. And so stepmother, evil stepmother, <laughs> wanted her son to be king. And so that caused, you know, a civil war between the Targaryens, which ended up being one of the things that really drug that family down. So all of that to say that um, Danny just in that moment resigned herself that she'll have to do bad things to get what she wants. And with the circumstances and the betrayals, um, you know, she didn't decide ahead of time that she was going to burn all these people and just destroy King's Landing. It was just in that moment she she made it personal and uh, that's what she felt she had to do. Clegane Bowl was awesome. It ended just like I expected it to. Um, you know, I thought it was going to be the hound sacrificing himself and the fact that he died by fire, something he was so scared of, you know, she knew that's the way he was going to go out, especially with his brother, because it was his brother's fault in the first place. I'm very interested to see how Don, uh, John and Danny's uh, relationship um, is, I mean, they're just friends now. John's made it apparently clear that um, he's not into having a romantic relationship with her anymore um i'm i'm still on the theory that possibly that she's still possibly pregnant uh with a kid between them so maybe that'll change things but um you know as for right now john's just like you're my queen 
and you know, I love you, but we can't be together like that. Um, now this is probably going to have changed that because this is not John at all. And, uh, John was surprised. He tried to stop his men, but unfortunately, uh, there was just, you know, he didn't have enough time to communicate with them. Um, and they just went crazy. So, he, you know, he and Sir Davos decided to, um, that they were done. They weren't going to do this. They weren't going to be a part of this. So it was like, you know, come with me now, fall back, whatever. If you don't, then, you know, but I'm not going to be a part of this. He was not going to be a part of that in any way. And in the preview, it didn't really show him with Danny next week. It just shows Danny's unsullied and Dothraki and she walks out. Um, but you know, this whole city has been leveled. This whole city is gone, which in one way, I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of why, I mean, I know why Danny decided to, um, I know what her reasons were for burning down the city for the most part. But then I also wonder like what's in the back of her head as well. Is she doing it to, um, wipe out what her family did in the first place? You know, I don't know. It's. I have a lot of thoughts running through my head that aren't quite together yet. And a lot, some theories that aren't quite together yet that I just keep thinking because I thought, well, maybe she's going to be the conqueror and John's going to end up being the Targaryen. That's the, that's the ruler. Um, and that's their parts. And I'm just wondering if she's going to die and, uh, she's going to tell John, you know, I'm sorry that I did that, but I did. Um, and you're the better one. You should rule. And she's just going to sacrifice herself. Um, or, I mean, maybe she's just going to be like, okay, I got what's mine and let's move forward. Um, and, you know, that's good too. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to see Danny go away, you know, but I know that it's, however it ends, it's not going to end how we all think it's going to end. Um, they've said it's going to be bittersweet. Um, but I am hoping that, again, that her and John will have a child. Um, maybe the child with John will be able to pull the kingdom back together. Maybe Danny decided, you know what, I'm just going to do this and I'm going to kill all of these people. Um, I'm going to get my revenge, but, um, and somebody else will pick up the pieces and I'll just be the bad guy. I don't know. Lots of different things that I'm thinking about that I really need to put more thought into. Um, so those are probably kind of, um, a little hard to follow. I apologize for that, but I wanted to get them off my chest just the same. Um, so yeah, next week is the final episode. Um, make it or break it. I am sad. Um, cause like I said, I didn't want them to drag this out forever and ever, but, and I'm ready to see what happens. Um, but, you know, again, it's not going to be the perfect story that I want in my head. And I'm glad it's not going to be that way. Um, you know, while, you know, while Danny is my favorite character and I'm a little disappointed that she went all mad queen, um, it serves the story and that's, you know, um, uh, the story is what it is. So, um, I'm okay with that. And I can still love her for the, th the good things that she did because she did do some good things. But anyway, I'll quit rambling on about that now because like I said, just really a lot to think about and just I'm processing that as she is one of my favorite characters. I'm also wondering what Arya is going to end up doing um, at the end of this because she makes it out on her white horse and what is her second chance for living? Is she going to decide maybe I do want to marry Gendry? Um, you know, she doesn't have to be a lady in a dress and, um, you know, she can co-rule Storm's End with Gendry. Like it doesn't have to be uh, just this, I'm the man, I do this thing anymore. Um, but maybe she just decides she wants to go back to Winterfell and, uh, or maybe she decides she wants revenge against Cersei now. I mean, against, uh, Danny now. And, uh, she's gonna tell John, look, we're not giving her the North. There's no way now. Look what she just did, you know? Um, so I think there's a lot to still take place, obviously. And last thing, Cersei better still be alive under that rubble because they better drag her out and I want to see some real justice. I want to see, I want my pound of flesh. Okay. <laughs> I'm not the only one. I know for sure that all of you do too. 
I want my pound of flesh. I don't, she doesn't get to get this little love story where she dies with her lover in her arms and know oh, it's sad. No, she's evil. She killed people. And you know, she doesn't, she didn't deserve the throne in the first place. It wasn't hers ever. She was not in the uh, I can't speak in the succession. So, I mean, like she just took it. She killed, she made her kids jump off buildings and stuff for it. So I want to, she, you know, she killed Masande. She, um, tortured people. This, there's gotta be more to her death. We want more to her death. Okay. All right. So anyway, now I'm really off of that topic too. But anyway, uh, thanks guys for listening. I'm glad you've stuck with me through the last few years. It's been fun doing this. Um, it's been good a learn learning experience for me. And, uh, I hope my, uh, witty, witty repartee, um, has been amusing. <laughs> so, uh, one more episode to go next week. <sighs> We're all going to need therapy that next Monday. Um, but we'll make it through. And, uh, again, thanks for listening. I've enjoyed, uh, doing this for you guys. Um, so tune in next week. Have any questions, comments, crazy theories? Um, you can email me at gamesforthethrone at gmail.com. You can also check me out at um, Games for the Throne on Facebook. And it's at Games for the Throne on Twitter, but the four is the number four. And then I'm also Games for the Throne on um, Instagram. And you can check out my podcast if you're not, well, if you want to check it out somewhere else, obviously, instead of on iTunes or SoundCloud. Um, but I also have a blog. Um, I blog about a lot of different stuff to do with Game of Thrones. And um, it's called, the website is 3cstudio.net uh, slash game, games for the throne. So um, lots of cool, neat stuff there. I'd love to hear from you guys. I hope I'm doing a good job. I hope I'm interesting. Um, so thanks for listening to my podcast, and I will see you next week.